Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. On any given day, you'll probably find me at nine o'clock, not awake, still away on a dimension that's parallel to this one I think I'm living in currently. I'm only visiting. This is just one of the many realities I find myself waking up in repeatedly. I reside in between. I only peek in occasionally when my eyes open. I'm constantly wondering where it'll be that I find myself. I roll the dice every time I close my eyes. Sometimes I arise in a land filled with zombies. Sometimes I'm in outer space. Sometimes the 80s. I know I sound crazy, but when I dream, I do it vividly, deeply, occasionally, lucidly. I always get confused trying to distinguish them from my reality. So, here's a confusing analogy. A tree in the forest, it falls, but no one is there to bear witness. Does it make a sound, or a sound only something created when waves in the air reach us and we perceive it? Apparently true, because technically the only way to quantify physical phenomena is to perceive with our senses electrical signals in the brain convert physics to a human experience. So, yeah. That means that sound doesn't exist unless processed by someone or something with ears. After that, it's perceived by that certain one's brain. But we all know that everyone's brain's not the same. So, the fact of the matter is, all of our senses are only ever going to be as effective as what we will make of it. That's individual. That is not even scientifically fathomable. That makes sense, though. When I'm by myself, my reality doesn't really always match up to what others believe. More than a few small discrepancies, usually. Is that what they call subjectivity? Anyway, if the tree makes no sound by that logic, my own actions don't even register, if not perceived by another. I'm not even speaking if no one is listening, so what does that mean? Am I only here because you're here to see me? If I was here by myself, would I not be... If no one else saw me, I'd only exist for me. All this would just become just my reality. And when I'm in here, it's like all bets are off. I'm not bound by constraints imposed by time or physics. I travel the cosmos inside my subconscious. You may call it nonsense, but it makes complete sense to me. There's no difference. I look back to past tenses ordered in my mind. A series of references built by my senses from neural responses to what I perceive to be sensory stimulus. Baffling philosophers claiming there's no basis for an assumption our senses reflect what is really real. It only lives in our minds. that all of this input around us is justified. So where does that leave me back with my analogy, standing out in the woods next to a fallen tree? Clearly it happened because it's right in front of me now, despite nobody's hearing the when and the how. Not perceived on this plane of existence, but looking in front of me, I see the evidence. That is the hook. And I know that it's tenuous, so just believe me, I can't tell the difference. You're on Community Radio 3CR. This is the Spoken Word Programme. Presented today by Santo Katsati, and I am joined in the studio by uh, one of the other presenters of the team. Welcome back to Studio 2, Ella Fornalska. Thank you, Santo. Well, we have a very interesting guest, uh, as listeners would have been jolted uh, at 9am on a Thursday morning, uh, with that amazing piece reflecting on sound, existence, and a million other things. Uh, And our guest today is the performance poet, or he won't like that anyway. Our guest today is Hunch, Damon Grulich, a.k.a. Hunch. Uh, Welcome to 3CR Spoken Word. Hello. And... uh, so, Hunch, we um, affectionately know you as that. Uh, we'd like to know what uh, was the reason behind this um, alias? Yeah, okay. Well, when I kind of fell into doing this with not really knowing what I was doing, I figured that I needed to have a name that wasn't just my usual one. Um, 
And I'd actually already designed these characters called Hunch and Glitch uh, years beforehand that I was working on uh, for a visual art idea. And, I mean, it was very, very similar because it were all centred around me and my personality. So it was very easy for me to just kind of go, oh, well, I guess those characters can just apply to my spoken word. And they they work together as in positive, negative, hunch, glitch, like favourable, unfavourable. So, it, I mean, although I use hunch because it's kind of the more positive one because he has a hunch about something that's good... Um, and glitch obviously is the spanner in the works. Uh, I tend to go by hunch just because it's the more positive one. But but seriously, it's about equally spread between hunch and glitch <laughs> when I speak the spoken word stuff. Um, and how did you get into the spoken word scene? Uh, midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. Uh, yeah, uh, I, it was just. Uh, I, I think. I think at a low point, I just realised that unless I do something on a stage uh, and give it a go and, and, and find out how that feels to, to be in front of an audience, that I would, I would regret it for the rest of my life. So I just thought, yeah, I'm just going to try it. Yeah, when I said uh, not another one, I didn't mean another midlife crisis for you. What I meant was another person who's come to the spoken word scene for that reason. I mean, didn't we all, I think? Yeah. It's Except the... some of us came in a bit younger, but not me. Um, actually, I did want to uh, ask you, Hunch, about um, – because uh, you were saying uh, earlier before uh, we went on air that uh, you didn't consider yourself to be a performance poet. So what exactly do you consider yourself to be? I still don't know what I am, to be honest. Um, and, and I mean, there's, there's names like poet, uh, spoken word artist or performance artist, or even just writer. And I'm kind of vaguely a little bit of all of them, I guess. When, when I started writing this stuff down and to, to speak it out loud, I mean, I have been writing all my life, but it was only writing for the purpose of spoken word that, um, you know, obviously when things changed. And um, I actually thought I was a rapper. I thought I was doing rap. And my first few pieces I actually did to music. Um, not my own music, but like I, I guess that's where uh, the syncopation comes from for me because like it, it's all centred around music still in my mind, even though I don't use music now. Well, I think we need to hear more examples of your work then. Welcome to suburbia, where rows of dreams get buried, just like a cemetery. I've been digging holes for the state of evolution and society, then filling them with concrete for my trophy. When I'm gone, this will be my legacy. I enter through the doorway with anxiety all pent up inside me. All this could be yours one day, just be what I am, a cyborg income generator. Ask me later what my aspirations paid for. I'm half human still, but... Fuck, I'm changing, muscles flexing, wires in my skin peeling back, revealing holes in me, they're gaping, itching to be filled with my addictions, iPhone 20 masturbation, this is my own hole, I'm fucking in control, but they provide the discontent on screens insinuated into my dark soul, which is something I sold long ago, so I'd fit in. 
Now I just hollow. I've got room inside to wallow in. I'm home now, dear. Pour me a beer. I live off fear and envy, idolising this machinery. It's becoming me. This is scary. I don't care, though. I'm so happy. I've got all the things I know I need. I know I need this. Watch me bleed. Watch me replace my own humanity with rows of plastic trees and bags of gross of reeds filled with disease and MSG. I'll swallow if it's gluten-free. Just don't complain. They'll call you crazy. No, I feel totally sane. It's not a drain to wake up every day pulled from my dreams by small machines. But I keep forgetting where I've been because the future's always making noise like nails on chalkboards, scratching clauses. That's my mortgage. I'm a hostage. There's no surprise behind these doors, just more suburban sprawl, neat rows of brick walls, car parks full of four by fours that yearn for more than just a short crawl down the shops and pickups from school. I hear the cries from these four-wheel drives. I empathise. What have their lives become? A stack of fucking lies. I'm numb, just like them. I've become a mule to transport some ideal that's never realised. It isn't real, but how I feel is steamrolled, compromised. Who's driving my life? I don't think I'm alright. I think I might have lost it. I think I'm lost. This maze of places, lanes and closes ways. These roads have tangled my brain. A microcosm of what's really happening. I'm just a cog in this sick machine, man. I'm not even human. What is it that I've become? An off-road vehicle enslaved to bitumen. Community Radio 3CR spoken word program, and uh, our guest today in the studio is Hunch. Hunch, uh, I have to ask you, why do you talk so fast? Right, there's actually a few reasons for that. the 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 first The first one being, as I mentioned before, I started doing my stuff uh, syncopated to music and the beats the, of the music I was listening to, and that was just a, a natural way for me to to do my spoken word. But then. Um, so because of that, I, I have a, a quite a rigid structure with, with how I speak. Um, but when I, when I got out on stage and ditched the music, I kind of kept the pace and that syncopation, and it was just a natural thing for me. But it, it was brought to my attention when, when punters came up to me and said, wow, you know, you, you speak so fast and, and it's all just so so regimented and how you do that. And then I thought, oh, maybe that's a bit of a skill that I've got. So then I went home. Of course, I've got a bit of a rampant ego, so I wanted to kind of uh, push things as far as I could. Um, so, yeah, then, then I, I made an effort to 
speak as fast as I could to see how far I could push those boundaries. And then I uh, worked out that that was a, a bit of a skill that I had. So um, now I kind of just use it when I need to, and sometimes I don't. Because you definitely do have that skill at being able to go very, very fast. Uh, I, I enjoyed doing similar things myself. But you know what? I don't think I can accept that as an answer, interesting as it all was, because you said it was about the music, but some music is faster, some music is slow. So even if you say that uh, the the basis and the structure and the, the inspiration behind your performance was music, it didn't have to be fast music, did it? No, but that's just the sort of music that I like, I guess. Now, why do you like that sort of music? I'm trying to probe into the sort of depths of your personality here. Well, see, there's, there's, there's two sides to everything, as I mentioned before, hunch and glitch. But I do equally like quite low-paced music and fast-paced music. I guess the energy that I want to convey as a performer fits more with that faster pace kind of thing. There is, a, there, is another, there is another small reason why I speak so fast sometimes, and um, I'm not going to really get to be able to get away with it today, but it's often to cover up some of those personal details that I include. So you either catch it or you don't. It's... I think that's what I really wanted to hear. Over <laughs> to you, Ella. Well, just leading on from that, I actually wanted to ask a little bit about your performance technique in terms of do you memorise um, your performances or do you just have um, a few concepts that you're going to run with? Um, I definitely memorise things. I'm quite meticulous about how I write out my pieces and, and there's a process for me for, for learning them. Probably, I'd say, over a week after I've finished a piece and then if, if all goes as it usually does, uh, in a week's time I'll, I'll have fairly well remembered that piece. I actually really enjoy that process because there is a point after you finish the piece where you know you've got everything in there that you need, but then when you start practising it, things just become more natural and you know, oh, no, that's a much better way to say that and that fits better. Um, and then you start hearing yourself back too when you say it enough and when it becomes a part of you, and then that can be very interesting as well. And what does that um, rehearsal process look like if you run us through that? Um, well, I finish writing my piece in, in my journal, then I type it up. So that's an important part of it because that's like going through it with a fine-tooth comb and, and committing it to, you know, um, to committing it as a finished piece. And then after I've done that, I read it off a printout and rehearse it that way for a, for, for a day or so. Sometimes I only need to do it a few times. Depends on how long the piece took me to write. Um, and then I put that aside and then start rehearsing it without that at uh, probably a slightly slower pace. And then over the next few days, I just keep on rehearsing it, getting finding the bits that I think will work good quick and the bits that will work good slow and how, how, how it will be most impactful. I've always wanted to know that so you've given away your trade secret there and uh, you know all the poets and performers out there will be listening to that and will be adopting your <laughs> technique and you won't get a cent for it because after all you know we do make so much money That's right. as poets I'll just just to put <laughs> listeners right uh, in, in case any of you out there on a Thursday morning at 9.15am uh, uh, are, are sweating under the misconception that we poets um, actually make a living out of this stuff no we all have day jobs well, here we are at Live Radio 3CR, community radio on a Thursday morning. Um, 
There are a number of poets on our scene, Hunch, that have uh, signature pieces. I've got one too. Um, do you have a signature piece? I do, actually. Could you possibly uh, blurt it out for us here and now? I can definitely do that. It's called, Whoa, It's Me. I am just a figment of my imagination. So why is it? For the entire duration of this life, I've struggled to find inspiration. I'm getting impatient. I need a vacation from this guy who calls himself me. Who is he? Who does he think he is invading my privacy? I can see so many fun possibilities in my mind, but I'm not what I'm imagining outside. He keeps me repressed and I'm stressed about money, performance, and almost duress I endure for this parasite, keeping me up at night, despite how I may seem... I'm not alright. I'm holding on tight to a single thread that is attached to my sanity. I could so happily let it go fully, embrace being crazy, but something won't let me. It could be stupidity driving me right to the edge, but not dropping me. Often I ponder this inner dichotomy. I can be outwardly happy, but inside I'm angry. These contrary emotions are giving me split personalities, constantly challenging my own perception of who I am, straddling darkness and light and what's wrong and what's right. I'm not schizophrenic, but I think I might be a sufferer of the condition bipolar disorder. I sort of relate to the profile I've heard from the people who have seen a doctor and know that they've got it, but I have no proper authority to make these sweeping appraisals of my own mental health, but my behaviour would indicate that my condition is manic-depressive. I'm higher than I'm low than obsessive. I'm on the defensive. Attacking me is this guy claiming to be me. I still haven't worked out why half the time when my mouth opens, I let him take over. He says things that only exacerbate my disposition of nervous uncertainty. He can be so loud, but I'm not trying to be noticed. What happens when he grabs a hold of my vocal cords? Isn't that easy to manage. How can it be? I'm a born exhibitionist. Awkward, this trait of mine. Surely it doesn't fit with other aspects of my personality, like how I suffer from performance anxiety. Classic me. I'll seek attention because I have a pension for always being right at the centre, but it gives me hell in my belly. My stomach's rebelling with butterflies bigger than pterosaurs. And I'm sure of all these eating disorders that I've collected, like I'm an enthusiast, deep in my stomach and bowels and my pancreas, they wouldn't hurt me if not for the mental stress, but I'm susceptible and it all seems to go into my torso, obstructing each morsel I swallow. I wish I was hot. I'm not a fun fellow to take out for dinner. It's horrible! That's why I smoke so much weed and drink alcohol. Oxys, diazepam, into me they all go in an attempt to keep my tension levels low, but then the side effects give me more trouble, so I can't deny that these scales don't balance. I'm trying to relieve myself, but it's a challenge to let it go when you're there. I turn to stone. Don't get too close to me. I piss alone! If only at birth I was given the predisposition of someone more suited to what you see, it would be somewhat more easy for me to use my body freely. Case in point, ideally, my words would impress you, my phrases would amaze you. You'd turn to putty and I'd notice what to do. You'd be in heaven with that truth, except I've just got the sex appeal. Socially, I'm inept. Sexually, I'm a wreck. This is just fucking heck. So, I've turned that to a fetish, but wait a sec. That is just one of the many. It's not just depravity sexually fucking obsessing me. Objects of beauty designed to entice me to pull out my money for retail therapy. Possibly I don't need so many sneakers, I just shouldn't look at them. That is my weakness. The colours and textures and shapes and materials pressing my buttons, I'm just such a visual person. It's just like coercion, when they see you coming, the climax is when you acquire them. Why do I want them? I just have to have them. Then they are attached to me, just a possession. I once heard a wise man say, more the possessions you have, more possessed you are. That could be why I've been dragging my feet. That's a double entendre. Perhaps it's an idiom. If I invested this energy into me properly, not irresponsibly, probably I would feel better. Man, I'd like to tell you that I'm doing all I can, but I can't lie to you. So far, my master plan has been to just let life fall in my lap. How's that working out? Hopelessly crap! 
carrying on like this forever was never a likely scenario I would have ever endeavoured on. I thought my talents would carry me higher. Is that why I haven't been trying? I'm not dying to work every day for a company or other one trying to profit from what I can do for them. I want my own thing, so I'm going to take it and stop my complaining. That's easy for you to say, I'm in pain here. That was the other me. Wish he'd refrain from swamping me with negativity or my intentions of goodness are filtered through his bullshit. But if it's true, and I'm only a manifestation of my own soul's imagination, then he's a projection and I can forget him. Unless it's all me, then I'm sorely mistaken. I've taken this anguish and painfulness I've created, assisted by figments of imagination of mine, a lot further than I ever needed. It's time a new message was heeded. I have the ability, clearly, to just make a misery out of me, be a worst enemy to me, but there is no fun being a sadist when I am the masochist also who's had enough. I've reached a juncture, a turning point, where I'm aware of these habits and I want to kick them, along with that other me, in the teeth. Fuck him, I'm clearing the air and the stage for another thing. If then I'm able to truly forgive myself, love unconditionally, Conditionally, be as creative as I've been destructive to myself, I just might find spirituality, strength, and peace of mind. On Community Radio 3CR, this is the Spoken Word Program, presented today by myself, Santo Katsati, and with me in the studio, my co-presenter, Ella Fornalska, and our guest today, whose amazing performance pieces we have been listening to, is Hunch. So, you know, lots of different writers on our poetry scene and, of course, within the whole um, literature world, you know, have different reasons for why they write. It might be personal, confessional, you know, like a form of therapy or, you know, they have a, a political message that they want to get out there. And I'm really itching to ask you, Hunch, what drives you to write? What um, Do you feel that you have a purpose for this crazy um, itch that we all have? Uh, what's your drive? I don't know that it's a purpose, but it's definitely a drive. The way I... I mean, I, I started writing regularly just for myself when I was a teenager, but that was um, that was writing down my dreams. And mm. I've always had a very vivid dream life. And um, I have at different stages of my life, to varying degrees, obsessively tried to just catalogue everything that happens while I'm asleep and, and put it down so I have it as reference. So... When I started doing spoken word, it really, I used my dreams and it was really just a matter of writing them in a way which was engaging and interesting for an audience. But since then, I've, I've definitely evolved past that and it, it's more widely just therapy for me now as, as self-exploration, whether, whether they're dreams or just my, you know, waking thoughts. That's fascinating about the dreams. That's making me think about Jung and very Freudian as well. That's that's fantastic. Like, do you um, have you ever explored lucid dreaming at all? Yeah, look, I, I, I'm kind of big into it, but by the same token, I don't really know what I'm talking about because it's all just stuff that I've worked out myself. The last piece that I'm going to do today is is probably the closest thing to a dream uh, out of all the pieces that I've done today. So it'll be. Bit trivia. Yeah, cool. Well, let's hear it then. 
This exhibition, made up of the innermost secrets of my psyche, might be considered surrealism looking back in from the outside, but I'm living here, so this is reality. My own ensemble of brain vomit loosely arranged in a way that allows me to make heads or tails of what's going on up in the master control room, but there is one image that's missing. A painting depicting a thing that I haven't allowed myself yet to view thoroughly critically, holding the key and the memory that's likely to probably, possibly, change everything for me. Oh, that's maybe debatable. Artistic license my subconscious uses isn't always straightforward. Either that or I'm envisaging something that scarred me so deeply that it left a hole in my brain. But no matter which way I view it, it adds up the same and I'm chasing it down again. Should I be blaming myself for this cycle? I'm looking in front of me. I see the city is burning. But that's where I'm heading, where I'll be descending into the chaos, a mass that is seething and growing, its tentacles flowing in every direction, engulfing the things that I'm looking for. Inside the walls of these buildings, I'm searching for something that's missing, the Memories are catalogued within the rooms and the mazes of hallways, connecting like synapses, beckoning always for me to discover that hidden epiphany lurking amidst all these metaphors, craftily made from the fabric of my own existence. I've built in denial in between each and every brick, and I can't tell anymore if I'm kidding myself or if I'm going to find it, but I can't help looking. It feels like I'm missing a part of me. I need to finish this puzzle and be complete. That piece I'm lacking to find the piece that I've been needing to quell this unsettling feeling that I've been dragging around all my lifetime. It's still in a room I can't find in this building. I'm travelling constantly through the paths in my mind, hoping to find find something I might be hiding from. Is it just me that I've always been running from, looking to find someone I can blame all this on? He wears grey, and he moves quickly to exit the building when he sees a seething mass outside approaching the headquarters, knocking down everything in its path. I'm behind, chasing him down again. Once again, he's assessed what's impending, the danger of me finding that hidden memory. And not to say leastly, the seething mass breathing down on him from outside, the building is crumbling as we're both rushing down on the ground. It's pandemonium. People are screaming and running and there's something he's hiding under his jacket that's trying to get out, but he's pulling back at it. The colours are bleeding out from underneath the grey suit that he's wearing. I wish I was tearing it off him, but he is remotely controlling each step that I'm taking as he gets away from me. This has all happened a hundred or more times before. He eludes me in all the commotion and I'm left there holding the bag with this city of mine which is burning behind me. I've got to get out of here. When I look back, what I see is a mixture of Escher and Bosch. There are bombs going off and the stairways that all lead away somehow seem to lead back again into the centre of all of this. Stuck in the middle of this diabolical, hard-to-believe illustration is where I'll be dwelling as long as I keep staring into it. I need to draw one more line and be done with it. One that can separate past from the future. The presence of my mind gets lost always too much in details from long ago, like a time capsule that's not to be open till when i don't know when all the dust in the city is settled the buildings are leveled the people have run for their lives there is a child in the place of the seething mass and he's sitting alone and he's painting a picture but i can't remember what his subject matter is Probably something that I can't imagine yet. Probably the missing link. What on earth else would I think this is if this kid is who I think he is? This is the picture I'm trying to get closer, but he isn't ready. He's not going to show it. This isn't the moment. I've got to let go of it. Let it come back when that capsule gets open. Because this is the process that I set in motion before it was ready for final diagnosis. If I spend my time sifting through old emotions, I'm wasting the time I need to create new ones so I can then comprehend all that just happened. The child that is wounded, the man in the grey suit. They're in cahoots only with my own subconscious. It's time to wake up and paint my future's masterpiece. On Community Radio 3CR, this has been the Spoken Word program, and we have been listening to our remarkable guest moving at a rate of knots. It was Hunch that we heard throughout this program. I can't thank you enough for coming into the studio this morning and sharing that amazing work with us. Oh, it's an absolute pr- pleasure. It's nice to be appreciated. 
Very, very appreciated. And it's just been so fascinating hearing all um, the mechanics behind your craft and your motivation. So we really thank you for your generosity in sharing that. Oh, total pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, I definitely second that because it's not just uh, that we have uh, a record now of your performances, but but it is really interesting to to know how all these different quirky individuals that we have on our amazing grassroots scene, it's interesting to know the inner workings of of how they produce their art. So that's a really great thing. So I guess, well, it's time for me to do the old... um, signing off thing but uh before we do of course there's many many gigs that you can go to in melbourne on our grassroots poetry scene so ella could you wear your melbourne spoken word hat and tell us how people can find out Sure. Well, the best way, of course, is to um, hop onto the Melbourne Spoken Word site. You can do that by going to the website, either just uh, chuck Melbourne Spoken Word into Google and you'll find it straight away, um, or it's just www.melbournespokenword.com. Or if you're into social media, um, Facebook is a really great way uh, to find out about upcoming gigs through Melbourne Spoken Word's page. So, yeah, hop on upcoming gigs um there's usually at least one every day sometimes two or three and uh, i had ben solar from melbourne spoken word in the studio and there was uh, we discussed how there was one one day when there were seven gigs going simultaneously well anyway um it's time for me to go out the same old way so um this has been uh, 3cr spoken word presented today by ella fornalska and myself santo Katsati, and this is santo Katsati signing off and shutting down